Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by fellow co-host and editor of thewolfpacker.com, Matt Carter. And today we are going to talk about the Wolfpack's disappointing first ACC loss of the season, 31-30. The Wolfpack falls to Miami by one point in Hard Rock Stadium Saturday night on ESPN2. We will break down the details, how it all happened, our thoughts moving forward with this team, and you know maybe some things to watch moving forward. Uh, but before we dive into the details and analysis of this game, a quick reminder for the listeners at home, you guys have been doing a great job of following these instructions. So please, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, we're everywhere you listen to podcasts. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find the Wolfpacker podcast, subscribe to it, download it, enjoy it, love it, listen to it. And also we're on our YouTube channel, so if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can watch this podcast um, on our eCam system here. If you want to take a look at our pretty faces while we talk about Wolfpack sports, head, head over to the YouTube channel, the Wolfpacker YouTube channel, and subscribe and give this video a thumbs up and comment while you're at it. All right, Matt, so i got a lot of thoughts about this game. This was actually, if you weren't a fan of either of these two teams, this was actually a pretty darn good football game last night. 31-30 goes down to the wire. Mistakes made on both sides. Big plays made on both sides. Um, was a pretty exciting primetime football game. Unfortunately for Wolfpack fans, not the result that NC State wanted. Ends up suffering the first ACC loss of the season. But, you know, if you're looking at it from the NC State perspective... Early on in that game, this game had every element of NC State stuff imaginable in the first quarter. And you already got the sense that if NC State could pull this off, I think I tweeted in the first quarter, if NC State can pull this game off, you know it's a special season. I'm not saying it still can't be a special season. We'll get to that a little bit later because I still think there's some talk to be had about the ACC Atlantic Division race. But let's talk about this game specifically first before we get into the big picture NC State fought in this game, came back, took the lead at halftime, but ultimately just too many missed opportunities and costly mistakes in the second half to come away with the road victory. Matt, what are your initial impressions from this game? Are you more disappointed that NC State didn't find a way to win this game, or are you more, you know, maybe glass half full that with the elements going on in the game, losing Isaiah Moore in the first half, everything that was going on. Miami, of course, came ready to play. This was not a typical 2-4 and four ACC opponent. Um, that NC State fought back and really had a chance to, to win this game down the stretch. How are, you, how are you kind of viewing this game now that you've had a night of sleep and a few hours here uh, today on Sunday to kind of think about the game last night? I mean, I... I... I kind of feel like every time we do a podcast when they win, I'm the guy that tried to kind of calm it down a little bit and remind everybody last week that Boston College made a litany of errors to kind of open the door, and, and NC State did a good job at kind of taking advantage of that opportunity. And and after a loss, I might be the guy, as you said, glass half full, to just kind of remind people it, it's not like they just manhandled and abused out there, right? They... And you look at the list of mistakes that were made, and there's no reason calling, you know, I know fans are going to focus on a drop pass here or an offside there. There's no reason really to single out a couple guys. There was a lot of errors made in that game. They were not picking up the running back out of the backfield on fourth and one. 
to go and look at that play, and she did get a good pass for us on that play. If somebody picks up the running back, Van Dyke is probably going to get hit. And conversion, and NC State takes over instead. It's a 53-yard touchdown. You had the 3rd and 16 pass where there was a clear miscommunication between the linebackers on who had the tight end, apparent, I would say. Um, you, had, uh, you had a lot of, yeah, even Devin Leary, first drive of the second half. We talked about off-air how three three passes, one and Medzi, one was too far in front of uh, Devin Carter, and I think the, the other one was to Medzi where he just missed him on a, or maybe Thayer Thomas, he just met, flat out missed him, and all three would have been first down catches. Uh, there were a lot of missed opportunities in that game, and despite all those missed opportunities, uh, if it, I was, let's say it made 15 missed opportunities. If they had just missed 12, right? It's still a bad day. <laughs> right. And they probably win the game, right? They probably win that game. It just shows you that this team is pretty good. There's talent on this team. They fight playing with a defense that were down four starters when you count the three that have been lost earlier in the season. Um, and then losing Isaiah Moore in this game. Yeah, they came up with a big stop to set the offense up for potential game-winning drives. So, you know, I think give my credit, you know, H. Williams credit. He's probably hoping that Miami is better than people think. I didn't believe it. The more I studied it, as you listened to our preview podcast, the more I kept coming around to you cannot look at this team as a 2-4 and four team. They had Virginia beat. They had North Carolina, you know, maybe not beat, but sorely on the ropes, prepared to take the, the knockout punch. Carolina was waiting for that knockout punch to happen, and they landed a lucky counter strike to win. Uh, Virginia was done. I mean, that, that's a field goal that Richardson make 100 out of 100 times, and he hit it off the upright. And so, you know, that, you had to look at this team as a team that should be 4-2, Two and zero in the ACC with a nice home win over Appalachian State, and the two losses to a pair of teams that that one one may be the second best team in the country in Alabama on a neutral field, and the other the currently top ten ranked Michigan State team. And so I was a good family team, and she State did everything possible to really put in a winning performance, and still almost won. So it's. This is a talented team, and they shouldn't give up. They shouldn't be down. Now, obviously, you're disappointed, but don't let one loss carry over into two losses and three losses because you are good enough to still achieve your goal. And this team was probably not going to go to a college football playoff. I mean, that was a fantasy world possibility out there if you went out. So we can now just remove that from the table and not worry about it anymore, right? So let's just focus on being an ACC champion. And that's still very much in their grasp. We looked at ESPN FPI before this podcast started. They still have NC State favored in every single one of their games left. By two to one percentage wise. All but one by two to one percentage wise, basically. So um, focus on the positive, obviously, more to not be seriously hurt. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's what I put in my. Uh, column this wasn't a championship performance because they made so many mistakes but don't lose the sight of the fact that they almost still won the game 
And that shows you it's a good team. For the listeners at home that may have missed Matt Carter saying it because there was a little glitch in the connection there, he was he was commending me for you know. I don't remember that was a glitch in the connection. I think it was when you were mentioning my name specifically, but you were giving me credit for giving you know saying that this Miami team is not a two and four team going into this game. I certainly yeah I don't I don't think I don't think Miami is a top twenty caliber team by any means, right. particularly without Derek King, particularly without. You know their star running back Cameron Harris. I mean, look, NC State, you know, starting to to feel the injury bug a little bit more. But you know what? You can't really play that card in a game where the the other team's missing its you know star starting quarterback and its star running back and, and other valuable starters. I mean, every everybody is suffering from the injury bug, so um, it does stink for Isaiah Moore and it stinks for this defense that you know he's such a big part of this defense. He left the game in the first half, but. You know, I, I wouldn't say it was the injuries that cost NC State this game. I will say that Miami certainly came out like a team that had a chip on its shoulder, a team that knew it was better than its 2-4 and four record, uh, a team that was fighting for its head coach's life. Um, you know, Matt, you were talking about after wins, we kind of, you know, you kind of like to bring everybody down a notch and kind of remind mm-hmm. people of the context. And in a loss, you like to look at it glass half full. And I think that's a... I think that's an appropriate perspective for a lot of ACC games because if you're on the Miami side of this, you're probably thinking it's a nice win, it's a good win over a quality opponent at home, but Manny Diaz really gave NC State some chances to get back in that game. I mean, you got to commend him for having the guts to throw it on third and long there at the end on that last drive that really iced the game for Miami, but you know, really other than that, Miami made some some critical errors, I thought, in, in terms of just their strategy that allowed NC State to, to make this a closer... I, if, if Miami had made some different choices, I think this may have been a little bit different than a one-point game. It may have been an eight-point game at the end of the game. But, um, you know, NC State, you just got to look at all the missed opportunities. I know everybody is kind of beaten up on Devin Carter on Twitter, and I think inappropriately. I mean, yes... I'm with you in the sense that if you make these top 10 catches against Boston College, you literally catch a ball that bounces off a defender. You should probably catch the wide open crossing route, you know, on second and long to extend the drive that could end up winning the game. It's kind of like hitting a half court shot in basketball, but missing your layups. He's the first person that knows that he gets that he understands that he's disappointed in himself and he's not, he's certainly, certainly not the only one that lost this game. Corey Durden, two costly errors. Uh, on offsides calls, that first one and the opening drive of the first half or the second half, Miami. I mean, Matt, you talked about the the big play that got Miami down into the red zone. Even when Miami was in the red zone, NC State forces a fourth and five in the in the Miami red zone. Miami's about to kick to tie up the game at 17. Corey Jordan jumps offsides, gives Miami a freebie first down. Next play, they score a touchdown and take a four point lead. You know th- that that that's a four point error right there. Right there in a four in a one point game, that's a four point error, um, you know. And you look at some things that were just unfortunate circumstances, just rotten luck with the Anthony Smith fumble recovery on the punt, you know, which would have given NC State the ball inside the Miami ten uh, in the third quarter, given NC State a, an opportunity to take the lead there. Instead, Anthony Smith helmet comes off in the middle of the play, makes him an ineligible player. He's penalized, offsetting penalties. Replay fourth down, and NC State has to punt again. Of course, Miami catches that catches it that time, and Miami retakes possession. That was a huge momentum swing there if NC State was able to get that ball 
You'd think NC State's able to score in the red zone there, find a way to get into the end zone, and and really start to take control of the game. But it was just a, and and that wasn't Devin Carter's only drop, by the way, in, in, on that last drive. He had a couple head scratchers in this game, but again, you know, it, it wasn't even just those plays. You know, you look at the run game. We talked about this going into this game, how NC State, you know, their run game hadn't really been that impressive in a few games, and you were thinking, well, if, if there's a time for that NC State run run offense to get going, this this sure seems like a good time to, to start against a Miami defense that's really struggled uh, against a few of its opponents early on in the season. I thought Miami's defense was, was pretty sharp, uh, Saturday night, uh, NC State still able to gain 421 yards, outgain Miami by a yard, by the way. Still puts up 30 points, but uh, Miami really did a good job of shutting down NC State's run game. Just never really got going. 111 yards on 22 carries. I mean, statistically, that's that's somewhat efficient, but it just it just seemed like the run when the run plays were being called, it was like in weird times on you know first and ten, and it would be a two yard run to the left or a tackle for a loss to the left. You're setting up a second and long situation where you got to pass on both downs. And it just seemed like the offense never really found a rhythm more times than it did. Uh, there were there were a couple moments there in the second half where you think this NC State offense is finding its rhythm. And then that, of course, that crucial fourth down um, opportunity, you know, NC State was near midfield. I think it was still in its own territory there in the fourth quarter. Felt like you know if they could have gotten that first down there, maybe they they make something out of that drive. But you know, it was it was just a collective loss. You know, NC State played complimentary football to win that Boston College game. Plays comp- complimentary football to win a lot of these games early on the season. I don't really know what the term is for the opposite of complimentary football, but I think that would be the best way to explain. Uh, NC State's performance on Saturday night. It was a it was an okay performance, not NC State's best outing by any means. Still had an opportunity to win the game, but it was just too many head scratching mistakes and in, in various elements of the game that you know it ends up costing you on the road. Yeah, I, I, and I would differ on the part of Miami. Maybe could have had an eight point. I mean, I really think if you had that mistake versus mistake, the NC State list would have kept going a long time past the Miami list stopping. Oh, so, no, no doubt. I'm yeah. just saying, I'm just saying Manny Diaz on the hot seat, you know, punting right, there, right. Uh, running up the middle at the end on that, on Miami's second to last drive, gave NC state the ball back there yeah. in that fourth I, quarter. I do that, that. I think you're talking about like on third down. I mean, they were, what was it? Third down. It's third um, and long. They, he was being, he was being passive. He was giving NC state an opportunity yeah. to come back and take the lead. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where you're stuck with you. I mean, you know that they're going to bring pressure. Last thing you want to do is have your freshman quarterback throw an interception in the red zone, and you have uh, one of the country's best punter, right? So you have to trust your punter, to, your All-American punter, to, to, to do his job and flip the field. On the punter, he actually got off a pretty good punt, if I recall, too. It was like a 50-yard punt. Um, the punters were phenomenal in this game. Yeah, they were. <laughs> And even the fake punter were phenomenal. Yeah, that was NC State's yeah. best yeah. offensive sure. play of the game. Well, other than the yeah. long connection to Anthony Smith, that was pretty good too. Yeah, the one that made you right before the half. I didn't see you know, Manny Diaz calling the timeout with 20 seconds left. In the first half, we're dumb. I know you don't have your personnel on the field, but you have to recognize the situation. 
you know, entry state hurry and the odds that they're going to recognize their personnel if they get off a snap is slim to none. So don't worry about that. Right. And in the entry state, you know, I don't know who thought it was, but not having the right personnel on the field for a field goal in the second half and having to use that timeout was huge. You know, if down the stretch you needed that third timeout. Um, and they ended up only having two. And those are the type of things that really, you know, that kind of drives me crazy, particularly in the second half when you need your timeouts in the second half to use it for a personnel issue on a field goal, too. That, that's disappointing. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a funny game. Like, uh, bottom line is NC State was good enough to be, and it's not a bad Miami team. Throw out the record. I think you hit on something. You know, I would on a that apparently the Miami AD went out and made some comments about, you know, they evaluating Manny Diaz. I did know there were rumors that if Manny had lost the game, and I say Manny because I know him when he was an assistant coach at NC State, um, that if he had lost the game, he was out. Tweeted very early in the game, this is clearly a spirited Miami team that's playing like its season is on the line. We talked about it in the preview podcast. Wasn't, uh, I think wasn't I the 2001 team there? The Miami 2001 team was there. Team was there, um, and they have two weeks to get their season right. NC State and Pittsburgh. They had to survive those two weeks if they could win or split that up to go on a run to finish out the year. If they lose both of them, they're not, they're, they're in jeopardy of having the season get away completely from them. And they played like that. They were flying, they were tackling, which has been the bugaboo for their defense. They could not tackle worth a lick. They had some missed tackles in this game, but it was much better, including on the fourth and eighth pass to Stayer Thomas. You know, he catches it six yards out, has a one-on-one situation. B made a fantastic play. I think you could argue that that route has to go to the sticks. And I don't know if that was a Thayer Thomas, or Devin Leary, or that was the play call. Whatever it was, you could make a valid point that that has to go to the first down sticks um, rather than trying to make yards after the catch to get the first down. So, um, you know, they'd be interesting to see how that was called. But, you know, that was a clearly a spirited Miami team. They were aggressive. They were flying. Aggressive in the play calling, going for it on fourth and one at their own 43 in the second quarter. Um, the 47-yard line, I believe. And the second one getting a 53-yard touch. Three deep bombs did Tyler Van Dyke take a shot at in that game. I mean, throwing it on third and 16, knowing NC State's out of timeout, but yeah, throwing it and going for it. Um, you know, other than that last drive, uh, the second to last drive, they were pretty aggressive, I thought. They were aggressive on defense. And I go back to it was a one-point loss. And all you have to do is not jump offside, maybe make a catch here, make a more accurate throw here, not blow an assignment on defense here. Just do one or two of those, not all of them. NC State probably wins the game. And so that's my glass half full perspective. It just, uh, don't, don't, that's not act like they just went out there and lost to South Florida or Foman, you know, this is, um, and let's not act like, yeah, they, they, they played a C-minus C game and almost beat a Miami team that probably played a B game for them and nearly beat them at their place on the road. So, uh, um, you know, 
anything would to me would be the status of Isaiah Moore. They're going to need him to finish this out. I did think Devon Betty played pretty well in his absence, two and a half tackles for loss. I think he's going to be a good linebacker for NC State on either a second year true freshman, if you will. Um, but uh, it's a big, big up team. I, I think going forward, if, if we talk now, how do you avoid letting one loss turn into two? And that has been a problem for NC State in the past. It's been a problem with Dave Doan teams in the past. Well, this heightening loss turns into others. You can go all the way back to the Gator Bowl team in 2003, I believe. Or, yeah, 2002, maybe. Um, undefeated. Should have beaten Georgia Tech at home. Gave up a late touchdown drive to lose to Georgia Tech. And next thing you know, they, lied, they had a three-game losing streak. Can't that happen because you're good enough to still achieve an ACC title game appearance. Um, and that's got to be such a huge focus because, look, Louisville is playing good football right now. I watched them beat Boston College. That's going to be a hard assignment for NC State. So um, you got to regroup quickly. you got to regroup real quick now. Well, it's a great thing that it's at home for NC State because – I mean, we're looking at an NC State team that's now 1-2 and two on the road this season. I mean, I, look, the, the road win at Boston College was impressive, but, you know, we just saw Louisville take apart Boston College pretty easily this past week. We saw firsthand Boston College really isn't the same team without Phil Djokovic under center. You know, it, it's probably a middle-of-the-road, you know, average, mediocre ACC opponent now. And so, you know, now you, you're looking at a team that, you know, twice as – had two of its worst performances of the season on the road. Um, and in both instances, it was not that NC State didn't come out with energy. I thought NC State has done a good job of coming out with energy in every game. It's just that at Miami and at Mississippi State, both of those two teams seemed more desperate to win the game than NC State. NC State came out with energy, was motivated. But it's just a matter of desperation. Like, you could just tell the way Miami was swarming the ball on defense. You could tell by the way they were letting it loose on offense. They were playing like a team that had nothing to lose and was completely desperate to go out and win, win a ball game for their head coach. NC State, on the other hand, did play like a team that had something to lose. And, you know, it certainly has a point there. It's it's It has the makings of a special season, but this is not a game that's going to to sink NC State season. I think it's appropriate for us to go ahead and talk about the big picture. We've already hinted at it a little bit earlier on in this podcast, but, you know, the only thing this game changes for NC State is that you can go ahead and rip up your uh, your NC State to make the college football playoff future bet. That's the only thing that changes. Other than that, NC State still has complete control of its destiny of whether or not it makes the first ACC championship game in in football and school history. So, you know, I know that means that, you know, technically NC State would have to win the last five games to, to truly control its own destiny to make the ACC championship game. But as we've already talked about, Matt, you know, if you look at the metrics, NC State on paper is favored in the rest of these games. I know that that road game at Wake Forest is going to be tough, but, you know, guess what? If you win this game and you – like, it, it didn't change anything. It, Wake Forest is still a must-win as long as Wake Forest remains undefeated in ACC play. Because even if you were to win this game and NC State remains undefeated, well, somebody's got to leave that NC State-Wake Forest game with one loss. And guess what? If both teams have one loss, 
the tie goes to the team that won that game. So, you know, NC State has, has still plenty to play for, and I think there needs to be a quick reminder that, look, it's okay to be disappointed with a, with a frustrating road loss against a team that was, you know, actually pretty good. I think when it's all said and done, we're going to look at this Miami team. I mean, who knows how they finish out the season, but at this point, this was a huge win for them in terms of getting to a bowl game and, and, and finishing out the year strong. Now they're going to go into that Pittsburgh game with a ton of confidence. If they can find a way to upset Pittsburgh, wouldn't it all surprise me to see Miami win out the rest of its schedule? Um, but, you know, this NC State team has to be reminded has plenty to play for. It's got to rebound quick. And I agree with you, Matt. That Louisville team is starting to look pretty impressive. And if you look at the rest of the schedule, other than that road game at Wake Forest, you know, this Louisville game, you really got to find a way to take care of business, survive this week, bounce back, get some confidence at home. Then you go to Florida State against a team that's, you know, you should beat, but you, you really need to go into that game with some confidence and, and go onto the road and, and try to put together another Boston College performance, not another Mississippi State or Miami performance. So, you know, again, we've, we've, we've harped on it enough. The best case scenario for NC State any given year is to go win the ACC championship. That's still within reach. I don't know why, you know, everyone's ready to rip it to shreds right now. Yeah, like NC State opened up a touchdown favorite over Louisville. You know, Louisville was set up set up well against Boston College, right? They had to, they had a bye week. You see, had a deflating loss to NC State at home. Uh, if Louisville doesn't win that game, then they're just not destined for good things this year. So. You know, they did what they needed to do in that game. Now, let's see how they do on the road. Um, you know, Louisville, I think, is now 2-2 two and two maybe in the ACC. Uh, I know they beat Florida State. Uh, and obviously, they just beat um, Boston College. Conversely, uh, they lost uh, when they blew a lead. I mean, if you look at their two losses, they lost to... Uh, you did an ACC power ranking that just shows you how bad the ACC is. That Virginia may have a case to be the third best team right now in the power ranking. But, um, yeah, they had a big lead against Virginia in the second half and blew it. And the Wake Forest game went decided by, I think, two points. And Louisville had a very legitimate gripe with how Wake Forest got three points in that game. I think it had something to do with the timeout uh, where they're 50 Granted, Wake Forest a timeout maybe right before the half that was way too quick on the whistle to get the timeout, and it clock could have expired rather than have one second left. Um, and then a two-point game, that ended up proving to be a big difference. Um, so, yeah, certainly capable. Uh, they have probably the best quarterback that people aren't talking about in the ACC. So, right, you got to handle your business there, and, and sometimes – Scheduled about luck. Uh, Wake Forest has been very fortunate in so many ways. This, um, and one of them being when they played Florida State, when Florida State was totally in the dumps. And now Florida State's found a little something. They've won three in a row. They just crushed a bad Massachusetts team, but they've essentially had a two-week bye. They had a bye, and then they played one of the worst FBS teams in the country, and they crushed them. So they've had two weeks to really work on a lot of stuff. And, you know, I know everybody loved the McKenzie, McKenzie Milton. Yeah. Had the court. I know everybody loved the story, but clearly Jordan Travis was the move at quarterback. They had it right to begin with. Everybody went with the Disney story, and it was a phenomenal story. You have to really admire 
Mackenzie uh, Milton. He, uh, you know, he, I couldn't have done what he did, obviously. I wouldn't have had a prayer to do what he did. But Jordan Travis, so that's going to be a tough game on the road. Syracuse is pesky. Uh, and then, obviously, Chapel Hill's a rivalry game. So, as you look at all these games, other than Wake Forest, it's going to be tough. But you're right, they do control their own destiny. Where this loss hurts is it cuts your margin for error down to nothing because you really can you see Wake Forest losing that. And, you know, they get Duke as one of their two crossovers in the ACC. Duke is the worst team in the ACC. They got Florida State at precisely the right time. They got Louisville at a good time. They got Virginia precisely the right time. Yeah, remember, I think Virginia had just been crushed by UNC the week before. Um, so they have been getting teams at precisely the right time. And now it looks like Boston College and Clemson are going in a wrong So you almost have to look at it as for NC State. I kind of look at it. They realistically got to win out. Now, they can win every single game. Um, but realistically, when you look at Wake, it's got Duke, NC State, Clemson, Boston, they've left. So which game do you think that Wake would be toughest for them? Probably NC State. Um, so, the loss. Well, you you, you, you got to win out to feel good, right? Like, you're yeah. not – if you if you lose to somebody else other than Wake Forest the rest of the way, there's still an opportunity. But, that, you're not, but yeah. then you're, you're counting on Clemson's offense to outscore Wake Forest. And you got to look at Clemson, too. I mean, I just saw where they lost like three more guys for the season. And then it truly turned into one of those years for them. And I just goes to show you that not even the Clemsons of the world can survive injuries, which NC State had in 2019. So let's just kind of wipe 2019 off Dave Dorn's record, you know, <laughs> just acknowledge that no team in the country can do handle that kind of injuries. So, yeah, who. Clemson's a shell of itself now with all these injuries. And, um, yeah, their defense is great. And they did a decent enough job against Pittsburgh. But, you know, Wakefield just put up 70 against Army. The ball for like 18 minutes in the game. So yeah. That's nuts. I mean, I know Army's defense was terrible in that game. like, But to put up 70 on anybody. I mean, even an FCS opponent, that's impressive. So, it, I, I think they scored 10 touchdowns. I mean, they almost scored on every a touchdown and every time they touched the football. So, Look, all I'm saying uh, is if you're NC State, don't put yourself in a situation where you have to count on Clemson beating Wake Forest to get to the yeah. ACC title game. And you know what? That, that just means there's no, there's, there's no more room for error. Got to take care of business the rest of the way. You know, yep. and, and you look at the two losses, two games that NC State was favored in by, I mean, basically the exact exact same spread, three points. So games that NC State had a had a slight advantage in was expected to win, but not by much. I mean, less. You know, a field goal is practically a pick 'em, especially in college football. So, and, and you're looking at you're looking at five games the rest of the way. They're going to be pretty similar to that. You know, they're going to be it, it, like NC State's a seven point favorite against Louisville. If it comes out on Monday, I, I don't know anything about Isaiah Moore's injury status, so this is all speculation. If it came out on Monday that he's not going to be available against Louisville, 
I would expect that spread to drop probably closer to four, maybe more four and a half, five when it's all said and done. If he's available, I think it probably stays put at seven. But you really need Isaiah Moore back because clearly, you know, this NC State defense was able to sustain the losses of Peyton Wilson and C.J. Clark and um, uh, who's the thir- who's the third starter that's out for the season? Cyrus, Cyrus, Cyrus Fagan. Fagan. I always get Cyrus Fagan and Derek Pitts mixed up because they were the two secondary transfers this past summer. Derek Pitts has been playing pretty doggone good. Um, but, yeah, they were able to sustain those three big defensive starting losses, and now you're looking at a team that's you know close to about half strength with the starters that came into the season with if, if you don't have Isaiah Moore. And, and you really need Isaiah Moore because not only just for his talent and ability on the field to make tackles, you know, ath- athletically, I'm, I'm sure you could probably you know put Devon Betty pretty comparable in terms of Isaiah Moore's just pure athletic ability, but where you miss Isaiah Moore the most is his on-the-field presence and his ability to pick apart the offense, read what the offense is doing, bark orders on the field. I mean, he's the field general out there. He's the coach on the field. So if you don't have him, you know, Drake Thomas takes on that role, and I'm, I'm sure he's good at it, but it's just not the same. And then you've got to switch around, what, you know. Drake Thomas has to switch his position because you've got to put the, the reserve linebackers where they're more comfortable, and, and everything gets messed up. So, you know, prayers up. Hopefully Isaiah Moore is, is good to go, but we'll see. Monday is going to be a very important day for NC State fans to be paying attention to the news. I know Matt Carter will be breaking it whenever we get an update, but uh, be on the lookout for what, what Isaiah Moore's status is the rest of the way because that is potentially, you know, that, that, that is a huge injury status for NC State the rest of the way. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a big development. You know, it got to be positive that he went back into the game, which leads you to believe that they didn't see anything alignment um and then maybe it was just something he just couldn't quite play through yeah uh at that point in the game he took himself out so you know maybe it just kind of a needs a week to rest and and get over the pain we'll see and also don't forget Shavala. i think they, they did miss him a little bit in the running game at left guard yeah he missed the second great game you know they they it was a day-to-day proposition with him, so maybe you know his return could be coming soon, and um, you know that would be another boost, boost to the lineup. So, um, yeah, you want to go back to some game balls? Yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll give mine first because uh, okay, I doubt I doubt you'll pick the same guy, but I don't know. I'll just go ahead and give it to Trenton Gill because I. Look, I'm not trying to be funny with this pick, but Trenton Gill had a really great game. Uh, you know, you got to look in a game where you miss a lot of opportunities. You don't put your best effort together. Field position is key. And thank Trenton Gill for allowing NC State to have an opportunity to win this game down the stretch. Six punts, average 49.2 yards per punt. Inside the 20-yard 20, 20 line three times. Uh, three of his six punts were over 50 yards. I mean... He pretty. I mean, he basically flipped the field every time he had to come on the field. So, um, Trenton Gill, he's he's my guy, uh, all ACC caliber punter, and and you know what? People laugh about special teams, but that's that can win and lose games as as NC State fans, unfortunately, know. So, shout out Trenton Gill. He gets my game ball. I'm going to give it to uh, Drake Thomas, linebacker, led team in tackles. I think he had nine tackles, had two sacks. I thought he may have had his best game. Um, 
for the wolf pack and they were really running around the field well so um i'm gonna give it to drake thomas he's had a lot of good games this year i thought this may have been his best um so he gets my game game ball I saw, I, I don't know who the tweet was from, but I saw a tweet that was like, NC State fans owe the world to the Thomas family. And it's like, it's true. It's true, man. Thayer Thomas, Drake Thomas, yeah, week They had week a couple out. touchdown catches. There were a lot of good performances, by the way, in this game. I mean, look, Devin Lee, for the most part, played really well. Yeah. McAmeezy made some big catches. Thayer Thomas made some big catches. Rookie Poston had a couple of nice, really big runs. Um, Chris Dunn made all his field goals after the one that he missed was taken away by running into the kicker. Um, With a bad back, yeah. maybe, too. Yeah, and I thought Davin Van did some good plays on the defensive line. Yeah, there were some good performances. It just There were just too many mis- necessary mistakes or mental lapses type. It wasn't getting beat. It was mental lapses, and that's that's the hard part. You can be the armor better if you can take getting beat, and you just say you're just not as good at them. Um, but when you look at the big plays Miami had, a lot of times you can say, well, yeah, if they pick up the running back out of the backfield, or if you don't let the tight end slip between two linebackers, you know that's not getting beat. That's just mental lapses, and that's what that's the disappointing aspect of it. But there is the aspect of not like Miami was that much better or anything like that than NC State. Maybe that frustrated him that you let one get away in that manner, but go back to what you and I talked about. This is better than they Miami last year was not as good as their record indicated. This year they're not as bad as they indicated. Yeah. Similar games last year a similar game last year too. I mean, just back and forth. I mean we said it going into this game. If Miami's going to win, it's got to be a shootout. And it was, kind of. I mean, 31-30, it, it hit, the over definitely hit, that's for sure. So, um, Well, anyways, tune back in this week. We'll preview the upcoming Louisville game. That's going to be a homecoming game. I'm sure Carter-Finley Stadium will be packed. And hopefully the Wolfpack faithful show out in numbers. For NC State, going to need the home field advantage against a tough ACC opponent in Louisville next week in a very, very important game now. You know, look, NC State in this ACC title game, every game was important, this game was important, but now every game is that much more important because there's just no more room for error. So uh, we'll see how the NC State Wolfpack can respond next week. Uh, Listeners and viewers at home, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, we're there, you name it. Go to our YouTube channel, the Wolfpacker YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up. Drop a comment while you're at it. Follow us on social media. You can follow our main account at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will on Twitter. And give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on thewolfpacker.com. So for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast.